Welcome everyone to the mightiest podcast in the nine realms, metas, and mutants. I am Tombstone the Dead Man, and this is my fellow Avenger, Super Psy Guy. What up? What's good, Super Psy Guy? You know, it, it's nice to see in the comics where other people are starting to get tired of Beast war crime bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting called out by his own team members like Sage. Wolverine is like, wait, what the fuck did you just say happened? Oh, man. Because he had no idea. Like, Beast brainwashed an entire fucking country. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that on the last show, I think. their, Their programming failed at the Hellfire Gala. They started going rogue. We're going to reveal them and everything else. And all this stuff was like... And they're fighting, and X-Force is like, okay, we gotta deal with this. Sage is getting tired of it. Mm -hmm. Emma Frost calls him out on his bullshit. He's like, I don't have to explain myself to you. He's like, well, actually, you do, so get to it. (laughs) And then, like, Wolverine, when they're talking with Wolverine, Wolverine's like, wait, what? That is some bullshit. I know what it's like to not be in control of my actions. Actually, it is not cool. So now I have a feeling... uh, Beast is going to be in some less than favorable grounds with <laughs> most of the X-Force members right now. And you know what's crazy about that, right? So because they have their own government, their own nation, all that other stuff, if they was to bring Beast up on charges, they absolutely could do it and say, this is not what we represent. We don't do shit like this. And they, they could, he could probably be made to pay for that. If he doesn't get his ass kicked first, <laughs> he can probably yeah. he can probably be made to pay for that right there. That that's gonna be ugly. That's gonna be ugly. And then another thing, they're they're starting to tease it right now is mm-hmm. uh they're redoing the trial of Magneto event. Interesting. Except it looks like given the early showings, mm-hmm. it looks like it's going to be involve his family Mm. and he's including family that people that should have been family even if they aren't blood and it shows quicksilver and wanda oh damn it so it might be a mutant trial of magneto based around what wanda's done because she is the big bad boogeyman to the world that's true after no more mutants yeah yeah that's true in in before everyone's like well she meant no more mutants not (laughs) (laughs) y'all misunderstood what i meant somehow chaos magic is chaos right yeah that's that's the that's the defense i would use (laughs) i'm like no no listen listen you know i was speaking fast and i didn't put the comma in where it's supposed to be so yeah i mean that's gonna be that's gonna be fairly interesting, um, and so that'll be basically uh, two trials: <laughs> the trial of the beast, beast aka Doctor Mangala, and <laughs> and the trial of yeah. Magneto. <laughs> oh yeah, beast. But you know what though? It was just a matter of time. But to me, this is the natural progression of beast character. Um, Be- this is natural. Beast is. I don't think. Going into war crimes is the natural progression of any character who's not based around not. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to tell you, 
this is this, a guy who's supposed to be like the big on oh i'm the evolved i'm smart you gotta yeah look past, but he's also curious as what you see he's curious man he's too curious for his own good and a lot of times he does get self-absorbed with the science of it and he's more concerned about can he do it rather than should he do it okay yeah, i'll, I'll yeah. definitely give you that yeah. but he's not he's not as bad as forge has been Come but i would great. say this Arguably, right now he's worse. Than <laughs> yeah, because Forge never did that. Forge never did that. Forge never brainwashed and forced an entire country into nah. doing exactly what he That's wanted. Good point. That's a good point. Up till up till now, I would have put Forge on a, on a higher list of assholes than Beast. But then after this shit here, it's like Forge who? Because. That, <laughs> that's oh, pretty, pretty you bad. Just do Forge? Yeah, that, that's pretty bad. And now man. it's like, wait, wait, Beast? I never thought I'd see the day where you're the one who's casually committing war crimes. I mean, it, it could be. I it, mean, it, even Magneto didn't do that shit in his prime. You know what I'm also thinking, though? And this, this might be uh, a bit of a reach, but so when, when the X-Men decided to go take this route, they didn't take this route at first. It, it it took a series of events to get them to the point of where they're at now and the way they feel now. And I'm wondering, with that society that they built right now, being so pro-mutant, humans are the enemy. We see they're the enemy. We're not fooling ourselves anymore, so we have to deal with them a certain type of way. I'm wondering if fostering that... um attitude had something to do with his slipping morals when it came to humans because he can do this to them because they're the enemy he can do this to them because they're i mean there are three mutant laws Mm -hmm. and the second one is do not kill humans (laughs) (laughs) so no that's no it's a no (laughs) he can't use that as an excuse he can't say look and it's rock with them. Up, like yes, they're yes, they have been proven to be the enemy, but we're still the higher people. We have to prove it. Right, right, right. Like now, that, that's the thing for them. In B situation, did any of these people die? Yeah, he assassinated the leader of the country and then replaced them. He oh, he damn. took the CIA aspect of X Force. Yeah, very literally. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Well, I mean, he had he had a great uh, template, right? United and, States. And then, because <laughs> the country they did that to was probably the only other country that was actually comparable mm-hmm. to mutants when it comes to biotechnology. Oh, so this really looked bad. This really looked bad. Because what so, it looks like is they they're your rivals so like that. He basically, and... he basically turned them into pro mutant bio sentinels. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically what happened. And yeah, it, it's not a good look. It's ugly. It's ugly. The it's fact ugly. that it's a look where like even guys like Wolverine are like, yo, what the hell did you just do? That's not cool. I'm shit. interested in knowing what Apocalypse thinks about that. Apocalypse isn't there right now. Oh fuck. Because of the end of the X of Swords event. Apocalypse oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder, because I'm wondering what the more um, militant, uh, I would say, 
before they started the whole Krakoa era, what the more militant ones of them would think about that? Like, do they think? Well, we know we know Emma Frost is not impressed. No, we know that. Right. Wolverine is not impressed. No, Wolverine Wolverine is not going to be. But what about somebody like Sebastian Shaw? Would he have an issue with this? Well, they haven't really shown a whole bunch of that because, like, this just happened at the end of that issue, right? During this event, right? But it's involved them having to make a bunch of concessions to keep it under wraps. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, let's see if I could pull it up here. That's crazy. Because my thing is, I was under the impression that even though all the mutants have realized that, that it's in their best interest, that they have their own nation and all that other stuff, um, that personalities don't switch off and on overnight when it comes to a lot of this shit and some of them are still a little man fuck them humans yeah. <laughs> so yeah S- sage's logbook diplomatic motion all members of x-force were asked to stand down hmm. uh the the people of terra verde were promised an armistice they hmm. agreed with reluctance and suspicion beast refused to apologize <laughs> refused to participate <laughs> but agreed to allow sage to act as a proxy Interesting. Uh, the Terra Verdeans would lay down their arms if the mutants relinquished control of Terra Verde and allowed them political independence along with the following reparations. One billion U.S. dollars for economic and emotional damages incurred. It's not really a lot of money. For for a small Central American country? Well, yeah, yeah. Billion dollars would be a lot of money for them. That's true. X-Corp would promise to disregard all pharmaceutical and technological copyrights as it relates to telefluoronic technology. Damn since man. Terra Verde was a big part of developing a bunch of that right, stuff. Right. Even before the mutants were. And their vote on recognizing Krakoa goes from a yes to a no. Damn it. In return, Terra Verde offers in good faith not to speak to the media about the coup of their country orchestrated by Beast. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Damn it. So they quasi cleaned it up, but well, it's still it hovering way. out there. A- after they dealt with this initially, mm-hmm. before the diplomatic part, right? Beast was bringing Terraverdean diplomats into the room, into like Sage's workshop, and says, We can fix her. We'll just wipe her memories and change all this stuff and then reboot the the biosystems in them. And Sage is like, No. Oh, so basically, you. no harm, no foul, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's how Beast was playing it. And like, she turns yeah. around, No. And then Beast accuses her of being the reason why it failed, and she just slaps him and says, I'm going to fix this. Get the fuck out of my office. (laughs) Damn it, Beast. Damn. Not you, Hank. Not you. Yeah. And then it's like a couple of the Terra Verdeans were having drinks with like various people, because it is still a diplomatic event, so there's like it shows like Wolverine, Thor, Thing, Invisible Woman, and like Wolverine's talking to one of them. Is like, yeah, I know what it's like to lose control. Somebody else staking claim to mind and body. 
what happened to you and to all of your country? That shit ain't right. Mm. So it's like tonight we're supposed to change minds. Wasn't expecting it to be mine. <laughs> oh, damn it. So, yeah, I imagine Wolverine is going to have a few things to say coming just, up here. Ju- ju- just a bit. Just a bit. I think he's going to have a calm, rational conversation with Dr. McCoy, and um, they'll hash out their differences and agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Calm and rational is totally two words you use to describe <laughs> Just saying. Um, <laughs> that's entirely possible. Um, Those are those are absolutely his strong suits. Those, <laughs> when he says I'm the best there is at what I do, he means calm and rational. <laughs> I'm the calmest and the most rational there is. <laughs> kind of, he he's actually in competition with the Hulk in that way. So, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I what I've been reading, I've I've finally started diving into the new Heroes Reborn type thing, and now the Heroes Return thing, um. It's okay. It's it's you know, it's not probably one of my favorite arcs they've done. But it it's it's okay. Um especially now that they're getting there towards the end of it, right? So the thing that that really kind of has me there's a couple of things about it that has me questioning the creative direction. One, they turned Colson into a bad guy. He's literally horrible. Well, didn't that have something to do with Mephisto? So I mean, I think, but because it it was in during the bit of the Avengers run. Right yeah, yeah, it was. Mephisto's, Mephisto's basically controlling him somehow. My thing is, I didn't see a res- resolution to that. Um, at the that's end. fair. I there, there's no like he didn't revert back to. Oh, I'm I'm Coulson, you know. Nah, he still seemed to be the same uh, thing. Um, and. One other thing we got out of it was the Interdimensional Council of Mephisto. I mean, the Council of Reds, because that's exactly what it is, the Interdimensional Council of Mephisto. It's literally almost every version of Mephisto across the multiverse. Kangs, Dooms, Richards. Yeah, yeah Pigs, <laughs> Maporkso, or whatever his damn name is. And, and this is the thing that, that I'm once again confused about, because I was under the impression that Mephisto was a multiversal being, meaning there was one version of him throughout the multiverse. Where I'm finding out that's not true. Well, you know, yeah, so. I, I would say that hasn't been true in a bit because, I mean, that was a big part of the Age of Khonshu event as well. Exactly. That's when the first thing started. But see, I it, thought that was... straight up killed. They killed him. Of, they, right. they killed hundreds of versions of Mephisto. But this is what I thought about that. I thought that was... Because he is a, um, a an essential in the universe, even when you kill him, another version will pop up in that universe. I did not expect that there were so many different other ones from all these other different dimensions. I thought that was just exclusive to this universe. He's an essential, so you can't really kill him. Get re- He's going to come back. Might come back a little different, whatever, but he's going to come back. I didn't realize that he was multidimensional in the way that that every like a lot of us are he he has uh <clears throat> variants i didn't re- <laughs> i didn't realize <laughs> that he that he yeah, had that, i should have seen that coming <laughs> i'm just saying i didn't realize that about him um which first of all 
everyone's in trouble now. Just so you know, is one Mephisto plotting and scheming is bad enough. And every so often we get one of these things that happened because of his little plot. The shit he'd been plotting all that time while everybody else was doing all this other stuff. He's still plotting. Now you have them plotting together. That's not good for anybody. That, that's just not good for anybody. It's probably not even good for Mephisto, to be honest. Right? Like, it's no. not good for anybody. It's you know, not... there's one thing we've learned is the fact that Mephisto is about big, extravagant schemes. Yes. And you get multiple people doing that, you know they're going to step on each other's toes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That that's fair. That's definitely fair. Because Mephisto is not without his ego. Um, and he's such a condescending dick that imagine that them being that way to each other and <laughs> that cancel and that cancel like it's it's yeah but yeah I, that part struck me and so I saw people saying I saw this uh, comment and on the thread about that that last book was that they were saying so wow so now Hyperion can beat Thor too and I said to myself. I actually wasn't that put off with no that Hyperion fight. is that tier of yeah yeah he's he's uh, again he's a Marvel's Superman or one of many of them one of many analogs he's up, yeah he's up there with Gladiator Century. and he's all of them Gladiator yeah that puts him in that power range and to me when you're in that Thor. power range when it's like y'all are pretty much even so it's going to come out to who gets the last best punch whatever so i wasn't mad at how this is hyperion this is hyperion like are we gonna act like hyperion's a bum he's a low budget whatever no hyperion's not a bum he's he's powerful as fuck he has a lot of powers isn't it like it's not even just the strength and he just like he's a, he's a true superman analog he has a lot of powers and abilities he's strong as fuck and also it's not like they shamed thor in that fight you literally had Hyperion going, I, I broke both my hands punching this fucker. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, it's not like they made him a ragdoll. He was given as good as he as he got. It's just that Hyperion got that last best crack. Fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what I'm Fuck out of here. So I wasn't really as, I saw people upset about it, and I think I know what it is. It's a carryover from how they've been repping Thor for the last uh, year. So anytime people see a situation where he doesn't, especially his fans, where he's not being portrayed as this uber power, right? Um, they're going to connect it to all the other events that Marvel did with the character that they didn't like and go, oh, here they go again. But I'm, I'm as big of a Thor fan as there, as there is. But you got to call the spade a spade. Hyperion is not an inferior to Thor. They are. He's not inferior to him. So he can beat Thor. Just like Thor can beat him. It just take the right set of circumstances. So I, I don't know. I think people are kind of, um, they're overemphasizing. Because re trust me, there's plenty of things Marvel has done with the Thor character over the last few months that I completely disagree with. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I, did, I I don't, I don't like the fact that um, even though I know he's not his dad, but there is a version of Thor when he took over the world 
that was using spells. I just reread that 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 uh, arc, and when he fought that original God Butcher dude, the Sock or however you pronounce his name, when he fought him initially, that last fight in that book, Thor was popping off Odin spells like he was doing shit, and now with with his all fatherness, what he does is he hits harder, and he's a little more durable, and that's. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that that's what an all father is now. It's not the uber powerful, um, the the only version of deities in the MCU that kind of come close to God level. Like the rest of them are super powerful, yeah, and they have some some divine divinity that allows them to transcend states of existence. But the ones of them that truly Give you off the oh, that's like that's that, that is like a god, like Odin, Zeus, Ainu, you know, all the all fathers, they were those. The lesser gods were just that. Now, I, I don't know where you put all fathers now. I don't know. Is Zeus dead? I hope they bring Zeus back so I can get an all father in the MCU that does all father shit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying like I, nothing I've seen Thor do with the exception of him killing Galactus. And killing the Black Winter has been some truly all father awe inspiring. The shit that Odin would would pop off every now and then. I haven't seen it. And even with me feeling that way, I don't feel like Thor got trashed in that fight. I feel like Hyperion is on his level physically, physically on his level. So they start throwing punches. <laughs> Anything can happen. Anything can happen. That's how I feel about it. But yeah, that's what um that's the one that I've read fairly um recently. Um and I think there's maybe a couple of back issues I might have missed that I might go back to get some further context, but I think I got the gist of the main arc from off of that. Um but anyway, this episode specifically, we're gonna talk about Black Widow. Why? Because her movie is coming out soon. And We've been yelling at Kevin Feige for, what, the last year to run us our yeah. widow. And in a few weeks, he's going to run us our widow. So we figured this is a great time to talk about it. But before we do that, we have some news. So let's get into the news. I'll let you get the first one. All right. First up, we mentioned this a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. uh, one year anniversary episode about Amelia Clark and her thoughts on playing it. Yes. Well, she's back again talking about how she is prepared to spend a decade or more in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Wow, that makes sense. I mean, she's like, what, 13 or something? Like, she's young as shit. <laughs> I don't I don't think she's that young. Jesus. <laughs> Even exaggerating. She's older than I am. Really? She's 34. I had no idea. I had no yeah. idea. She looks like a kid to me. <laughs> like Everyone looks like a kid Shut to me up you're you. like 50,000. Up you. But no, uh she's stated she's fully prepared to spend a decade or more in the MCU. So <laughs> 2022 is set to bring some major expansion to the MCU in terms of both stories and characters, particularly in projects like Disney Plus's Secret Invasion. 
While long-standing Avengers like Doctor Strange and Thor will be publicly fighting intense beings in a multiverse's worth of trouble, they will. This spy thriller will put everything MCU fans know into question thanks to the scrolls. Sam Jackson as Nick Fury will appear alongside Ben Mendelsohn, who will also return as Talos, continuing their partnership after Captain Marvel and Spider-Man No Way Home. They will also be joined by former Game of Thrones headliner Amelia Clark, who is thoroughly looking forward to her MCU debut, even though she can't talk about her specific role yet. No, she cannot. But her saying that she's willing to be here for 10 plus years is kind of talking about her means that her role isn't a one off role. Yeah, facts, facts. So she's probably not the scroll queen. Oh, well, she still <laughs> could be. I mean, yeah, but don't they like defeat her soundly after? Well, if this is a long arching story, the scroll queen is still alive. I think she was only just recently killed in the. At the end of the, what event was it that, the one with all the plant people? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, facts. Because I think she was just killed near the end of that. Mm, so she's still and been even, around even then. then. She she might not actually be dead. I can't remember if they actually Saw the body, her. right, because you got to see a body. If you don't see a body. Yeah. Fans will also be excited to learn that Clark is open to the possibility of Secret Invasion not being a one-time deal for her in the MCU. Hmm. MCU star Amelia Clark spoke with The Hollywood Reporter about her upcoming appearance in Marvel Studios' Secret Invasion, specifically on her long-term MCU plans. When asked about the possibility of playing her undisclosed role for the next decade or more, Clark admitted that all she could say was, I should be so lucky. Hmm. Uh, commenting on how everyone she's spoken to about the MCU has only the highest praise to offer. She could only laugh while saying she'd be down for that same extended tenure. It's like, I mean, I should be so lucky is what I'll say to that. Everyone I know and everyone I've spoken to is part of the Marvel Universe and actors talk. Everyone has only the highest praise to offer. There's a reason why actors stay in it. Yeah, They're so loved because they're having loads of fun and I'm down for that, sure. See, that's what I... That's the impression I get. I like, like, I really get that impression that they enjoy it and on top of that, that's a 10-year check, man. Like, yeah, that, 10 years that, that, that's guaranteed 10 years. Guaranteed. Of yeah, right. right. Come on. Come on. Like Amelia Clark is no stranger to blockbuster TV roles, playing Daenerys Targaryen in Game of Thrones until the HBO series ended in 2019. <clears throat> Coming as the third star from this series to join the MCU recently following Richard Madden and Kit Harington in 2021's Eternals. Mm -hmm. She appears ready to be part of the Marvel family for the foreseeable future. With the MCU having many plans over the next two years alone, Clark's comments track well after numerous stars have sung Marvel Studios' praises throughout the years. The biggest question that remains now is who exactly Clark will play and how her role will fit into the fabric of the MCU once Secret Invasion turns the franchise on its head. Right. No matter what answers this question brings, it's evident that Marvel has found someone with full faith in the team and who will give her all in any project that she appears in. Nice. Secret Invasion is set to debut in 2022. 
Yeah, that's uh, of course something else I'm looking forward to. We got a lot of content coming up from the MCU. Well, it, it's yeah. looking like after this year, because of the delays of stuff that were supposed to come out last year, mm-hmm. this year is kind of <laughs> packed. Yeah. But it's looking like once we hit next year, it's going back to the far more reasonable amount, I should say. Yeah, of yeah like probably so. Of three projects a year, it might be a little more now that Disney Plus. So it's what it's still mm-hmm. looking like. It's three movies and one to two shows, rather than, oh my god, we're getting five shows this year plus two movies. Yeah, we probably won't get that next year. So we need to be McLoving <laughs> what we're getting right now. This run right now, or the steady content after that dry period. Yeah, you yeah, but I mean, we had no content for almost a year. None. Because <laughs> again, Black Widow was supposed to be last year, right, Kevin? It was uh, done, Wa- Kevin. It was done. Wa- WandaVision was supposed to be last year. Mm-hmm. Sam, and, uh, or Falcon Winter Soldier was supposed to be last year. Mm-hmm. So those three projects getting moved to this year, and then you load it up with Shang Chi this year. Spider Man supposed to be this year, right? Assuming no delays. We're getting Hawkeye, we're getting Miss Marvel, we're getting the what if, we're getting Loki. So, like, we're we're filling up on projects because of those delays. We absolutely are. So, enjoy it. Smoke them while you got them, people. <laughs> Smoke them while you got them. Uh, next story. Issa Rae added into the Into the Spider-Verse 2 cast. Um, cue all the people screaming. They can't use a black voice because Spider Woman's. <laughs> I couldn't even get it all out. This is so ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Issa Rae joined Spider Man into the Spider Verse sequel as Spider Woman. Actor, writer, producer, director, and executive Issa Rae can now add superhero to her resume. The insecure star and industry multi hyphenate has joined the cast of. The sequel to 2018's Oscar-winning animated feature, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, as Jessica Drew, better known as Spider-Woman. Ray joins returning voice actors Shameik Moore as uh, main hero Miles Morales, Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy, a.k.a. Spider-Gwen. And in April, Variety reported exclusively that Jack Queen Dos Santos Kent Powers and Justin K. Thompson will be directing the feature with producers Phil Lord and Christopher Miller as credited, also credited as writers on the screenplay, along with David Callion, Amy, Amy Pascal, Avery Arad, and Christina Steinberg are also producing. And original Spider-Verse director Peter Ramsey is returning as an executive producer with Lord Miller's uh, uh the fuck Adiyida Saad. Uh I gotta say something about this part. This is how you know Variety is one of those um, insider Hollywood uh, uh, publications, right? Because this article is supposed to be about Issa Rae, and they just gave you the whole resume rundown <laughs> of all these other people in it. This is that's some insider shit, right? Like they literally yeah. took the focus off of her. No, <laughs> but- I will say we mentioned like Haley Steinfeld is. Uh- Spider Gwen, Gwen Stacy. Yes. yes. For those of you who don't recognize that name, she will also be playing uh, Kate Bishop in the live action Hawkeye TV series. Yes, absolutely. She's now got two separate Marvel projects. That's crazy. Under her belt. That's crazy. She's getting it in. 
Um, while plot details are a tightly guarded secret, casting Ray as Jessica Drew does open up the possibility of exploring a region of the Marvel Comics landscape that's been virtually ignored in the Marvel feature and TV series adaptations of the last 20 years. Wendagora Mountain. In the comics, that vaguely Eastern European location in the fictional country of Transia is where Jessica grew up as a child. While her parents used the rich veins of uranium found in Wendagora for their various scientific experiments. The radiation, however, poisons poor Jessica, which leads her parents to radically intervene to save her life by, among other things, injecting her with a serum made from, yep, arachnid blood. At one point, Jessica, Jessica becomes a Hydra agent before eventually taking on the mantle of Spider-Woman. Whether any of this will make it into the Spider-Verse sequel remains to be seen. But the character's history is certainly rich with the madcap storytelling flourishes that made the first Spider-Verse so ter uh, terrific. Ray, meanwhile, has not been shy about her love of all things Spidey. Since the third grade, I've loved Spider-Man. Comic books, memorabilia, everything she told Variety in February. That tracks. I was the same way. Um, Ray is currently in production on the fifth and final season of Insecure. Robin Thede's A Black Lady Sketch Show, which Ray executive produces, was also renewed for a third season. The season two finale aired on May 28th. Ray is also working on a docuseries seen and heard for HBO. And for HBO Max, she has an unscripted series, Sweet Life, and the hip-hop comedy, Rap Shit. Her production comedy, excuse me, her production company, Hooray, is currently developing Perfect Strangers. Y'all might remember that from the old 80s TV series. With yeah. Spyglass Media. Uh, the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse sequel is scheduled to debut on October 7th, 2022. I want to spin the block a little bit on something they uh they said in here uh i'm scrolling back up see if i can find it about wonder mountain i believe that's what it was um hydra spider woman uh okay this is it it wasn't so much wonder well it is but it's not specifically that so it asks whether whether any of this will make it into the Spider-Verse sequel remains to be seen. Actually, this is that's not a, that's not an issue. If you remember the first Spider-Verse, all of those variant uh Spider-Man gave a quick synopsis of who and how they became Spider-Man. Yeah. They can literally do that there and that's it. That take up what 2 minute, 3 minutes tops. Yeah. So, I don't know like they could well, while bringing back, that. you know, the fan favorites like Ben or uh, Peter B. Parker. Right. Right. They can literally hey, let, do that. Let's get us that 2099 Spider-Man in there. <laughs> let, let's, throw, let's throw him up in there as well. Well, like, they, they cameoed him at the end. They know? did. They did. I would like to see more of him, though. But, yeah, we, we might see more of him in the next, in and, the next and one. And give us more Nick Cage of, as Spider-Man Noir. Facts. Facts. But yeah, they could totally give us her origin story like in two minutes and keep it moving and not have it weigh down the pace. Because we know it's still primarily about Miles. so It's about Miles, so we can't expect them to go into a half hour <laughs> thing yeah, about her. It's two, not going to happen. Quick minute, two minute yeah. quick rundown and you're and everybody, Is everyone caught up? Okay. And then they keep moving. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I've I've wanted them to do Jessica Drew because she was at one point I was really really fascinated with her 
um, as a kid growing up. And she had a television, a cartoon animated series for a little while too. So um, that yeah, I think is currently on Disney Plus. Um, they have the entire series on there. Um, so you can go check that out if you're interested. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm just waiting to see when we're going to see a live action version of her in the movies. That would be dope yeah. too. Uh, what's the next story? Next up is Warner Brothers supposedly developing a live action Teen Titans movie. Okay, so let me let, let me just say this before you get into this article. Um, I very much enjoyed the series Teen Titans TV series Teen Titans. Um, the, I'm talking about the live action one. Yeah, I, I'm waiting for the third season. I'm waiting for. I mean, same here. Very much enjoyed it. I am hoping we get that level of quality as far as story and 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 forethought. But I gotta with, tell with you, with some better costuming, with some, definitely better costumes. But I gotta tell you, because some of them were were good, but Starfire was kind of done dirty. It, it it was yeah, she was done dirty. But I feel like I don't have a lot of trust in the Warner Brothers movie division. I don't, I don't. I don't. That's that's fair. I'm, I don't, and I'm I'm hoping they don't fuck this up. But I'm very guarded right now. <laughs> you also got to wonder problems. which version of the Teen Titans they're going. Exactly. Because are they going because... with Cyborg? Are they? Oh, God. No. No, they're not. <laughs> you got to wonder if they're going with the modern version, like the Damian Wayne team. Right. Right. Which is another good question. Where you're getting, like, Beast. Well, depending on when it is, Beast Boy, but you're getting Damian Wayne, you're getting... Well, he had, he led two separate teams, kind of. Yeah, he did. He did. But it's like, Damian Wayne, but then you get like Beast Boy, Red Arrow, Crush, so Lobo's mm-hmm. daughter. Mm-hmm. Which version they're going to use? And they haven't really even introduced Lobo into the, yeah. um, the, the DCEU. So I don't know. I don't know. So the article starts, the past couple of years have been a good time for the Teen Titans. The adolescent superhero team were previously severely overlooked on screen, but 2018 gave us both their first cinematic outing and surprisingly enjoyable Teen Titans Go to the movies. Which I haven't seen because Teen Titans Go, I just really do not like the animation style on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the old yeah. Teen Titans cartoon. Me too. That one was me too. Not, I did not know, and you know what? I, honestly, um, it's been it's been more emphasized now to me since my daughter has been binge watching it every day, um, while I'm down here working. So it really has focused in on the fact that I really love the original one because that's the yeah. one she's been watching. It's really good. It's really good, and it's like when I think what they what it what they wind up turning the next stuff version of that into, I was like, come on, that is disgusting. That's disgusting, yeah. guys. Really, it's really. And their first live action TV series in the form of DC Universe's Titans. If our information's correct, the team might be headed to the big screen soon too, as a live action film could be on the way. We Got This Covered has been told by our source that Warner Brothers is working on a movie for the Teen Titans. 
curiously, it apparently could be called the Young Justice League, which makes it sound like the project will hew closer to the Young Justice team than the animated team. Here we go. The only two characters we've heard will be involved are Batgirl and Nightwing, though many of the others will be featured. As for the villain, the pitch for the current version of the movie's lists, Hive is the main threat. The villainous organization is a longtime enemy of the Titans in the source material, as well as appearing in Arrow Season 4, so they'd be a good pick. However, our source warns us that their involvement isn't 100% yet. Of course it isn't. Finally, we've had it confirmed that the Teen Titans Young Justice movie will take place in the new DCEU continuity. Here we go! We previously brought you the news that DCEU will be split into two in the future. The old franchise is continuing the original universe and any new projects operating in a fresh one. So the Titans would likely exist alongside the Batman and Supergirl. And to quote um, Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight, and here we go. Oh, boy. I don't know if this bodes well. But, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. I give all comic book stuff a shot. It's just that they have not necessarily endeared a whole lot of faith um, with me, with their ability to handle this IP in a way that makes me like it. Um, This is part and parcel to one of the reasons why I believe that um, Marvel is a superior product in cinema because of the way people, this is the way the actors talk because about their experience. Handled they've handled it. Like, th- there are things that can absolutely screw up a project like that. One of the big things is a problem with your labor force. That can absolutely screw sh- shit up. And we've been reading all kinds of stories on this show about problems <laughs> over there. Everyone wanting to leave the series. Yeah. It's like, yeah. They, there's. It's not like it's been one or two movies where they struggled to get something going, and right. then once they got it going, everyone's staying, kind of like Ant Man, right? Where they, right. they were struggling to get a director, writer, and everything, but once right. they got it, it worked. It's nobody wants to direct, nobody wants to stay on. A bunch of people are talking about how they don't want to act. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're losing yeah. everybody. Everyone has a bunch of negative things to say about yeah. it. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, man. It's like, that's, that is to me uh, indicative of core issues with just the management of, of everything over there when in concern, when it comes to the comic book IP over there, like they're not managing the people. Well, they're just, they're not doing it. And, and I'm telling you, it bleeds over on the screen. It bleeds over on the screen. Where with Marvel, we over there enjoying a lot of the stuff they're doing because they seem like they generally are having a good time. Yeah, and that's that's a big thing. It's like, again, outside of uh, Terrence Howard not being on the best terms. Ter- Terrence Howard, with, notwithstanding. <laughs> like, look how many people, even guys who've left the projects. Yes. And had their role taken by someone else, such as uh, Edward Norton in yes. The Hulk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He recommended Mark Ruffalo take over for that role when he realized, because Edward Norton's a very hands-on actor. He does right. have directorial and product 
action experience. experience. And when he's in a role, he expects to be able to still direct and produce and everything. Right. When that was clear, it wasn't happening. He was like, you know what? This isn't a fit for me. But he still left on fairly good terms with the company. All these people who Zachary Levi, who was originally cast as Fandral. Yeah. yeah. But couldn't do it because of whatever. Then came in for the second movie, then had to miss the third movie again Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of filming Shazam during the third movie, I believe. He absolutely loved his time. He's he's spoken positively about it. It's like Nat- Natalie Portman. <clears throat> yeah. Natalie Portman left, came back. No, and no- and was, she was even willing to come back for Taika Waititi's right. Film. But as Taika even said himself, there was no. They considered it. They wanted to, and then they realized there's just no way to fit it into the movie naturally. Yeah. And given, also, given how little like it she takes is place on, on Earth. Earth, right? That's the whole thing. Like that would have been kind of disrespectful. The, she their would have time on five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, their their time on Earth was literally getting to Doctor Strange and fucking yeah, finding Odin. It was classic though. Like every every scene they had on Earth in Ragnarok was classic. Like the whole um, I'm falling. For I'm falling 30, for 30 minutes. I'm <laughs> um, Thor inside the house when he first gets there, being teleported all over the damn, the damn building. Epic. The whole conversation about the phones. Said, so, well, you could have, oh, so you could have sent the email. Uh, you have a computer? No, why? Like, that's <laughs> all Wait, of that. Why? <laughs> why when, would I need a computer? When, look, when the, when the, when the fans came up to Thor, the look on Loki's face, like, man, give me a break. And them, them mentioning his breakup. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, uh, uh we, it was a mutual dumping. All of that was classic shit, and it was it didn't last long. It wasn't a lot, but yeah. it was all classic. All well, classic. like like we said, there's wasn't exactly a big. Mm-mm. There wasn't a natural way to fit her in there. She was willing to do it because right. after talking with them, it's like, okay, you know what? I'm. This has I, a different feel than the other. Yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like if I'm in it, I'm actually going to have more character development. Right. Because that was her big thing, was the fact that there was no character development for her between the first or second movie. And she wasn't wrong. No. She wasn't wrong. So when she talked to him, it's like, you know what? I feel like there would be character development. And even if there's not a whole bunch, the feel of it would be so different. Right, right. So now they're like, oh, hey, you're willing to come back? Cool. We got you. Thor 4. You're the star. <laughs> yeah. You know the thing about that that's crazy, too? Um, Full disclosure. I have never been a fan of the Jane Foster character. Never. I understood why she existed, what they were using her for in the comic books, but I was never a fan. Because I've always felt like um, Lady Sif was a better fit for Thor. And I always felt like Lady Sif was underused. Like, take for instance, over there in DC, Wonder Woman is amazing. She's one of my favorite characters, for real. And Lady Sif could easily fill Oh my, she could have been... Imagine me getting a, a Wonder Woman-esque character in Marvel. That's it. That's it. Titania? 
No, absolutely not. Um, I like that, her. That, that sure sounds no. like Titania to me. <laughs> More like Power Princess over there. With the <laughs> that's Power Princess over there. Uh, listen, I I thought Sif had the backstory, I, and also. Part of this is me wanting them to really do more with the other Asgardians. Um, like that's fair. I wanted to do more with her, and she seemed to, I was like, there go your Wonder Woman, right? Lady Sif is your Wonder Woman. She's a god. So you don't have to do a whole bunch of ultra explaining about why she can do the things that she can do. She's a god. Just make her interesting, give her an interesting personality, like you know, flush her out. And I felt like they that she was underused. And then when the movies came about, they did. She was in what two? Of, one of the movies. She didn't come back for two, and died. she wasn't, and she and died in three, right? Or was she snapped? Something happened, but I know she wasn't there. And I'm like, where the fuck is Lady Sif? Like that's it. Because to be honest, the one the one flaw that I had about Ragnarok. Was I did not like what happened to the Warriors Three? Yeah, how that was glossed. Like these were your these these your pit your folks, and they were just slaughtered. And that's why I felt like Endgame and the Infinity that whole Infinity War thing, showing him depressed and all of that. I'm glad that happened because I really felt like they didn't get no more in time. Losing your best friends, they got no more in time. You got to realize, like Thor Ragnarok into infinity war was literally like a week for him that's facts that's facts lost his father lost his hammer lost his sister lost his best friend horrible week worst week ever lost loki and for this time it seemed like it's real yeah yeah and really to be honest he lost loki after he technically found him because Loki, Loki redeemed himself in, 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 in Ragnarok. Asgard. Yes. Yeah. He redeemed himself. And then at the end, didn't it feel like closure to that arc? It really at did. At the end, when he was like, you're not so bad after all, brother. He was like, maybe I'm not. Yo, that felt like, bam, bam. And yeah. then, and then, <laughs> and then a purple guy with a wrinkly chin showed up. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. yeah, it wasn't. Here we are. And here we are. Um, next. Oh, the next story up. Uh, Black Panther two. Uh, according to this, says uh, has cast Namor. And yeah, um, this would be very interesting. And re- one of the reasons why this caught my eye too is because I just watched the first episode of season five of Rick and Morty, and they. <laughs> And they had a Namor analog on there. <laughs> it was, and he was pretty much very close to Namor. Like, I mean, from the womanizing and all of that. Like, <laughs> very close. Um, but anyway, the article starts, Black Panther 2 is one of the most highly anticipated upcoming MCU projects. After the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman, who masterfully embodied T'Challa, fans were saddened by the loss and uncertainty about what would happen to the franchise. Not much about the story is known other than the fact that T'Challa will not be recast and most of the original Black Panther cast, as well as director Ryan Coogler, are returning. Last month, Marvel revealed the title of the sequel, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. 
and that the film is still set to be released January 8th, 2022, during their Marvel Studios celebrates the movie's trailer. Fandom Wire previously reported that Black Panther 2 would include a conflict between Wakanda and Atlantis, which has led to speculation from fans. It was also reported that the Narcos Mexico Mexico star Tanakh, ha, 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 what? I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, um, Huarata, Huarata, I guess, had joined the cast as an unknown villain. And after some intense digging, the, the Illuminati has learned from our sources that Tanakh Harada will be playing none other than Namor the Submariner. Fans have long suspected that Namor will be making his MCU debut in Black Panther 2. Namor is one of Marvel's first characters, making his first appearance, public appearance in Marvel Comics Issue 1, the first comic book of Timely Comics, the predecessor of Marvel. Namor is also considered the first anti-hero in comic books. Namor is the mutant son of a human father and Atlantean mother and is Atlantean royalty, eventually taking his place on the throne. Namor is has a long and storied history in Marvel Comics, portrayed as an anti-hero, a short-tempered superhero, and an antagonist attacking the surface dwellers, who he perceives as wronging his kingdom and people. Although many of Namor's powers come from his Atlantean heritage, he also possesses uniquely mutant abilities like flight. Namor and, and Atlantis have a long history with Wakanda and T'Challa in the comics, with the two hidden kin- kingdoms known for warring against each other. POC culture revealed that Black Panther 2 was looking to cast one Mayan woman called Zayana and one Mayan man called Kadmiel. They also reported that the casting call indicates that all actors of North and South American indigenous backgrounds will be considered for the roles. We at the Illuminati can reveal that the two Mayan warriors that Black Panther 2 has been looking to cast are important characters in Neymar and Atlantean lore. Zayanya is a code name for Namora, Namor's cousin, while Cadmiel is a code name for Atuma, an Atlantean warlord. Both of these characters have played important roles in Namor's story. Namor is Nam- Namora is Namor's cousin, although not by blood. And while originally named <laughs> this name, uh, Aquari- uh, Aquara uh, Nataki Neptuna was nicknamed Namora in honor of her cousin. She is an ally of Namor's, and like him, Namor is half Atlantean and half mutant with the ability to fly. Funny how that works. How the lineage is both damn near identical. Um, Atuma was born into a tribe of Atlantean barbaric nomads who were banished from the underwater kingdom long before his birth. Atuma, born with enhanced strength, speed, and endurance, quickly rose to lead his tribe and declared himself the prophesied conqueror of Atlantis. Atuma is the enemy of Namor, fighting and manipulating to steal the throne from him. Although Namor inevitably defeats his adversary, subverting Atuma's schemes for power. Given the pair's antagonistic relationship, it will be interesting to see how Atuma plays into Black Panther 2. Many fans picked up on the possible tease of the famed Submariner that the writers included in Avengers Endgame, when Okoye is updating Natasha Romanoff, she asks about underwater tremors off the coast of Africa. And when asked how they will handle it, Okoye replies that because it is an underground, excuse me, an earthquake under the ocean, they handle it by not handling it. Which, by the way, at the time, I thought was a reasonable uh, 
solution. Like, what the fuck are they going to do? But now upon um, uh, actual reflection on it, they're Wakanda. They got a lot of tech. They can probably do something. Um, so it continues. During a quarantine watch party, co-writers Chris, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely were, di- were directly asked on Twitter if this was a reference to Namor. And Christopher Marcus confirmed by answering, sometimes you plant seeds. Sometimes they grow. And it looks like these seeds will come to fruition in the highly anticipated Black Panther 2. Fans have long been hoping to see the Samurna make his live-action debut in the MCU, and Black Panther 2 will finally bring in this historic character. Black Panther 2 is the perfect place to introduce Namor and possibly bring in the long and checkered history between Wakanda and Atlantis from the comics, which will raise the stakes in terms of villains. An impressive feat given that Killmonger is considered one of the best in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, Black Panther 2 has an impressive legacy to follow, not only with the first Black Panther, but the loss of Chadwick Boseman as the titular character. With Namor, Namora, Atuma, and the Underwater Kingdom of Atlantis coming into play, it looks like the film will be an impressive follow-up to its grand- groundbreaking predecessor. Black Panther Wakanda 2 is scheduled to be released January 8, 2022, which, by the way, uh, keep that with a grain of salt. However, things are improving a lot, so it it, it's looking like that might actually be the um, the release. But like I said, bear in mind, things can change. Are you excited about the Black Panther Wakanda forever? Would, would yeah. you think about uh, 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 Tanak Harada's playing Namor? Now me, personally, I never heard of the guy. So when I saw his picture, I went, yeah, he kind of looks like Namor. I would expect Namor to look. Put some pointy ears on the guy. He'd be fine. Yeah, <laughs> he he looks definitely like. looks the part. Yeah, I think so. I'm looking him up on IMDb here. He's mm-hmm. he's had a few roles in some bigger movies. Like he was in Get the Gringo with uh, Mel Gibson. Right. He was. Uh, he had a minor role in James Bond Spectre. Hmm. Interesting. But I'm I'm not seeing a. I guess he had a fairly big eleven episode role in Narcos Mexico. Mm-hmm. But I'm not seeing a whole lot of stuff where he was necessarily the star. Ah, got you. Got but you. a lot of his stuff is, uh, Latin television, right? Yeah. Like yeah. He, he is a Mexican actor, so it makes sense that a lot of his movies are and shows were in roles based around the Latin community. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Marvel has had success uh, snatching uh, I guess relatively he was the star unknown. of a TV series called Blue Demon. Never which, heard of it. Again, looks like it's a Mexican series. Yeah, fictionalized story of a Mexican wrestler named Blue Demon. Hmm. 65 episodes. Wow. That's quite a bit, actually. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it, and almost all the all his titles are in Spanish. So, yeah, hmm. definitely, he's probably bigger in Mexico and Latin America than he is in the U.S. or Canada. I know? would imagine so. I would imagine so. Um, but yeah, that is the news. So, um, on to the main topic of this episode. We're going to focus in on black. Widow. Why? Because she's 
awesome. And also, she has a movie that finally Kevin Feige is running us coming up in a couple of weeks. So by the time this episode airs, we will be knee deep in the hype. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Of the movie and stuff. We'll probably get another trailer and everything. Um, but we want to be ahead of the game. So here we are. The Black Widow. Yep. Uh, I'll allow you to give her an intro bio. Okay, so we're going to talk about her in two parts here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about her in the MCU. Yes. And we're going to talk about her in the comics. Right. So in the MCU, you can best describe her as... Well, if you if you look at the M- Marvel's official overview of her, mm-hmm. it's trusted by some and feared by most, that's and that's fact. fairly accurate. <laughs> that's uh, a fact. Black Widow strives to make up for all the bad she has done in the past by helping the world, even if it means getting her hands dirty in the process. Mm. And that's absolutely fair. Yeah, if you look at her basic profile we know before this upcoming movie we know she was raised in the red room mm-hmm. we don't know what that necessarily entails outside, right outside of some training as a dancer because you saw that in the flashback in age Voltron. right we know she was responsible for recruiting bruce banner into the avengers right we know that in civil war she was a big part of team cap even though she started off on team Iron Man. Right. She was a key player in the Battle of Wakanda. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Like, outright killing Proxima Midnight. Yeah. Yeah. And having that pretty epic scene with Scarlet Witch and Okoye. Dude, one of my favorite scenes in that entire movie. It's like, she was up there the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what is she doing up there? Why is she down here? Yeah, because powerhouse yep. put the powerhouse down there. You know? And and we know in the MCU, she paid the ultimate sacrifice to get the Soul Stone. Yeah, um, I remember uh, how I felt about that at the time. Sitting in the movie theater, like I knew it was going to be her. I knew it was going to be her. Like the whole setup, I was like. They're about to kill the widow. And all I got was like flashbacks of all the cool shit she did throughout the MCU. How we wasn't going to see that again. Because I didn't know about yeah. them bringing the new um, version of her in. And um, But Matt, I think... It was upsetting. It was upsetting. There's, a, there's this fan video mm-hmm. where... Like, this is before they announced the Black Widow movie. Right. But... It was a fan video saying we need a Black Widow movie. And it just it's a compilation of scenes from her up to that point set to uh it's this Russian children's lullaby. Wow. And it is haunting as fuck. I gotta the see English that. Call, and is the song itself is called Tilly Tilly Bong. And Let's put it this way. Russian lullabies are horror stories. <laughs> it's li- 
the English translation of that song is literally, if you don't go to sleep, the monster's going to break into your room and eat you alive. <laughs> and, like, murder you in your sleep. if you Or murder you because you won't sleep. That's literally what the song That's is horrific. about. Horrific. But, yeah. And it's just such a haunting song, though, when you're hearing it. And they have the whole thing just set to that. And it's like, okay, this is kind of amazing. I, I need to see that. I, I need to see that. All I know is that at the end of that that scene, I felt the way. It, it definitely pulled yeah. at me. I was like, man, we, Widow's gone. Like I was, and, and actually what it helped to do, because you know I'm one of those type of guys that typically does um, relate to a good villain. The villain has to be good, like, like has to be really well done. I will empathize yeah. with it. That made me not like Thanos. I'm not even going to lie. Like that right there. Fair that enough. The fact that we had to lose Widow. It's like, kill this motherfucker already. <laughs> kill yeah, this her, motherfucker already. Her major MCU connections pre-Black Widow, because we know come the Black Widow movie, you're yes. going to get Red Guardian. You're going to yes. get Yelena Belova. Right. But like before then, you got Captain America, Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. Hawkeye, Clint Barton, mm-hmm. and Sharon Carter to an extent. Right, right. Her her movie list is seven movies long before Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Iron Man 2, Avengers, Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron, Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. So seven mm-hmm. movies there. Without having a solo movie, that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah! Especially given... She had a decent amount of screen time in Iron Man 2. Yes. She was one of the main figures in Avengers, Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron, and Civil War. An Infinity War endgame. You say main figure, but there's so many characters that it's hard it, to Yeah, get. it's hard. But you know what? And in the first still, Avengers movie, she was prominently yeah, displayed. She was the absolutely. Movie. Yeah. And then you look at her enemies in the mcu have included proxima midnight as a big one right loki big thanos one. ultron and zemo come on dude and obviously in the upcoming movie taskmaster's already been announced as the main right. villain and so we've seen the trailer so yeah yeah and as far as her powers and abilities in the mcu she doesn't really have anything super She's an amazing fighter, extensively trained in multiple types of martial arts and hand-to-hand combat, as well as a background in gymnastics, acrobatics, and ballet. And a weapons uh, master, like all kinds of handguns, and and oh, yeah. like, she, she's nuts with that. My question is this, though. she With no superhuman abilities... She is pretty much about peak physical condition when it comes to her stamina, strength, and agility. Now, I and need we've you seen that. Take I need her you to repeat down, that, guys. I need you to repeat that because peak human levels or no superhuman abilities. Uh, no superhuman abilities because my other broadcast partner, SPJ from the Black Culture Geeks, swears she has powers. In the, said, comics, in the comics, she does. Yes. In the movies, she has no superhuman no abilities. 
And this is from the official Marvel website. So like Marvel.com. <laughs> listen. On their MCU profiles of characters. Listen, I'm here to tell you right now, that does not matter to him. <laughs> he is still <laughs> sticking to his guns that the widow has powers. I've been telling him this for like literally one of our early episodes of this of that Black Culture Geek series. We butt butted heads on that then. He's been saying this for three years. It's not <laughs> it's not gonna change no, the thing. She's just basically peak level, so like Olympic level right. abilities of strength, agility, and stamina. Right. Uh she and does she have a amazing. signature weapon though. Yes. And that is her well, on top of her Glock 26s, <laughs> she has her widow's bite. Yes. So the wrist shot, though she has used the thrown disc version for the stings, right? Basically, that uh, hits you, will shock you, and will drop you. And I'm pretty sure that thing has lethal settings as well as non-lethal because no, no, it's I'm the Black certain. Widow. It's I almost guarantee you she's killed people with those things. Yeah, and here's the thing. She's definitely injured superhumans with that in the comic book. So they're fairly powerful. Like, yeah. And she is an incredibly skilled hacker. Mm. So she's good at the technology aspect. And we saw this again heavily in uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. We didn't see it. And we saw it a bit in Iron Man 2. Right, right. We didn't see it a whole lot outside of that, which is a shame because Age of Ultron would have been a great place to sort of showcase that as Absolutely. well. Um, um, she's also, uh, they didn't show it, but so they did a little bit of it in, in uh, not Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier. She's a bit yeah. of expert with disguises too. Like, well, yeah, she's kind of like the world's greatest spy. After yeah. Nick Fury, right? <laughs> yeah, Fury is the greatest spy. She's right. a close second. Absolutely. And the fact that it's close goes to tell you that how good she is. Right, right. It's fairly impressive. <laughs> it's fairly impressive. Um, she, she was definitely uh, in the, the movies, to me, one of the key characters, which is why it was odd that she didn't have a, a solo movie up till now. But I think part of that was because she was introduced in someone else's movie. But even with that, a lot of years has gone by. And it's yeah. like, y'all they couldn't find a way to fit her in. Well, uh, it was also then. the fact that as, as much as this sucks, the reality of it is, is they weren't sure if a yep. female-led yep. super mm-hmm. movie Mm-hmm. superhero movie would mm-hmm. sell that's true that's and true. at this point they're aware that it's going to sell so they're they started making it but especially in the phase one and early phase two they were unsure about a lot of shit back then too so yeah like that, they had their cool. ideas they had the ideas to do what they ultimately did but they weren't they weren't a box office machine. Iron Man 3 wasn't yeah. necessarily well-received. Both Thor movies were not well-received. Right. 
Right. Like they they were well received enough that they made their money back and still made a hefty profit. And it, it allowed they, them to continue. Yeah. But they weren't well received, so they didn't want to take a risk on something where they weren't even sure if they were going to make their money back. Right. 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 And, and this was before they were given the golden reins of, hey, just do whatever the fuck you want. That's <laughs> what they're at now. It's like, just do what you want. We know we're making our money back on it. Yeah. Yeah. An established brand in cinema now. Yeah. So they can pretty much write their own ticket. Yeah. During the, especially during phase one. They were considered, even though they were owned by Disney, Marvel Studios itself was considered an indie studio. Yes, absolutely. And that, that stopped a lot of people from signing on to them. Facts. Facts. And, you know, it's one of those things where um, when you're in that business, the bottom line is still to make profit. Like, you, yeah. you know, if you get to make a great movie out of it and an even greater franchise out of it, that's great. But the first key is to make money. And if they don't think you can, those uh, uh, Poindexters that's crunching the numbers over there are not going to green light shit that they think they're not going to get their money back from. So she got caught up in that. Um, And truth be told, I have heard um, even now to show you just how things are. um, Even in current times, I should say, uh, there have been people that have been doubting whether or not uh, Black Widow will be able to hold up to the rest of the movies. And to that, I say, a pox on you. What would make you think that it wouldn't, considering what we've seen Marvel do with lesser-known yeah. characters than she is? Yeah. Like, come but, on. And, like, there's a good chance that they'll use these uh, box office numbers against her. Yeah. But Probably. you got to look at the box office numbers for any movie that's being released as it is in the pandemic. Remember, Facts. even though a lot of places are opening up, a lot of theaters still aren't at full capacity. A nope. lot of theaters have closed down permanently. Yep. So, like where I'm at, when this comes out, theaters will have been open for like not even a full week. Wow. By the time this movie comes out, where I live, theaters will have been open for four days. Right. We don't even, and because of that kind of stuff, we don't know how many of them are actually going to have the movie in stock for that first weekend or whatever else. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, we're opening up. We need to order this stuff. Because right. if you're not open, you're not ordering these new movies to show. Facts. Facts. And you also got to factor this in line, too. So when a lot of those other movies came out that did those good numbers, this was before the era of the Marvel uh, Disney Plus option. Yeah, so you're going to... Box office numbers are going to be negatively impacted, but the profit value is still going to be the same, if not better. Yes. for, For Disney, as people are going to pay that extra 20 bucks or whatever to I know watch I am I'm going to I'm not going to any movie theaters I am going to watch it at home but I'm going to pay that money to watch it um here and to be clear this is the other thing that's why this pandemic really screwed shit up because say they had done a similar thing without the pandemic being the issue 
and had it available on Disney Plus, even though it was in the theaters, you would just have to pay the extra money. Not only would I have went, gone to the movie theaters to see it, but I would have came home and paid money to be able to watch it again at home. So, you know, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's right. That's what I, I would have done. I, I can't say I would have done the same thing. There's, <laughs> there's a chance. There is saying. a good chance. Just saying. Um, Black Widow, uh, because of her particular skill set and her experience, is a valuable member of the Avengers team, be it in the comic books or in the movies. Because every team needs someone that is good at subterfuge. They need they need someone that can do black ops work. Every team needs that. Um, and for, that's a specialty. That's her specialty. When you team her up with someone like Hawkeye, that's a really good uh, intelligence uh, team right there that, that can go in, get information, and get out. And also, if necessary, take out people. Because here's the thing. The Avengers have never been as opposed to that part of it as some of the other hero groups that you think about in the comic book world. If it, if it happens, first of all, they have Thor on the team. Don't know about you guys, but Thor will kill people if necessary. Yeah. Oh, Thor is a warrior first. Yeah. He'll, he'll kill them if, they, if it, he has to. If he feels killing them is the answer, then he will absolutely do he that. Will absolutely do it. Captain America is a soldier, and he has had to kill people during World War II, right? So he hasn't killed a lot of people recently. No, but he has. That's the that's the whole thing. He has. So it's not outside of his um, skill set or wheelhouse if the situation calls for it, and there's absolutely no other way to deal with this. He's not going to hem and haw and put this um this strict restriction against it like a Batman would. Absolutely uh, not. Not killing anybody. Not uh, killing. I don't know. In, in the comics, he has. That was yeah, the reason he Wolverine true. off of one of the Avengers teams. That's true. And Thor was like, yo, Wolverine's my boy. I would have done the same thing. Same thing. Now, see, now we're talking about um the how close each character is to, like, Thor has a, a lesser time. He has a more of a tolerance for the killing. <laughs> he comes yeah. from a warrior race. Like, like he has less he comes of a, from a race that got everything they had by conquering them. Right. So maybe Cap is willing to do it, but it takes it's going to take a little more. Batman, I can't even think of a single time in the current, the way they're, they're um, showing Batman now. There's, the Joker has killed thousands upon thousands of people. And he still won't do it. I don't believe for a second that Cap would let one person kill thousands upon thousands of people and not green like that. Like, no, he got to go. This guy's got to go. He's got to go. I don't know. Again, when he kicked out Wolverine for killing, he kicked out Wolverine for killing Apocalypse. Yeah. But that. But at the same time, wasn't that a clone of Apocalypse? But he was not a definite article... In Sabar Noor, he was a clone that was raised as a kid differently, right? To, the way take, they... over, to take over for Apocalypse because Apocalypse had been... And, right, and died. it didn't happen. That, that's literally how Apocalypse's 
lived. Every version <laughs> of Apocalypse is a clone of the previous version. Yeah, but he was raised different. See, that's 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 no, he wasn't. He was being <laughs> raised by Clan Akaba. Right, but still. <laughs> it, it was no. Evan Sabanur who was raised different. Oh, that that's the one I'm mixing up. That's true. Evan that's Sabanur, true. aka Kid Apocalypse. So yeah, so yeah, I have was to was raised that. by uh Phantom X. Yeah, this I have to the version that. that Phantom X was on the team that killed him. Yeah, I'm gonna have to amend that. Cap, you out you out of pocket because there can be no denying that any version of Apocalypse that is that's been that was raised the way that listen, he's killed I would say millions of people. I'm not even gonna go with the thousands with Apocalypse. Yeah. It's millions of people. Yeah. Yeah, Cap out of pocket. You out of pocket. Like, Thor's had run-ins with him and Thor's had his ass kicked by him. Yes. Young young Thor nearly had his head separated from his shoulders from a punch, a strike. This wasn't Apocalypse with a weapon. He didn't turn his arm into some sort of sharp thing. No, he struck him. And clearly it was more than <laughs> clearly. He went to his dad, like, look, you gotta you gotta whip me up something. Yeah. <laughs> And his dad said no. No, um, he is the celestial gardener. We're not doing that. We're not. So he went to Loki because Loki had another plan in mind because, of course, he does. And who turns out that it wasn't even Loki. It was Kang. Yeah. It was Kang the Conqueror. Your favorite guy. <laughs> your, your favorite guy. But yeah. Let, let's go back to this. Yeah, in the MCU, Black Widow definitely represents the more subtle aspects because you have Thor, it's hard to be subtle when you summon lightning. <laughs> Iron Man, Iron come Man on. could be subtle, he chooses not, not to be. He's a hot, come on, he's a, he's a hot dog. This guy, like, come on, come on. he's an egomaniac, he's, yeah, and he's dude. well aware of it. Yeah, man. He wants to be... Not only is he going to do badass things, he's going to get as much attention as he possibly can for doing them. Like Hulk is just not a subtle character. Again, enormous green rage monster. You just point him to some shit. That's how you use him and shit. So, yeah. Yeah. So, the subtle aspects come down to her, and the only other person who's a legit trained spy, Hawkeye. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and in the movies, they have talked about how she was raised to not have attachments with people. And that kind of came out in uh, Age of Ultron as well with the with the flashback to the Red Room and the ballet right. and all that. Right. It's like I was raised not to have attachments and everything. And yet Clint Barton is literally her best her friend. Best friend. Mm -hmm. It's like best friend and... Not only do we have that, she actively cares about him and and loves him as much as you would a family member, Facts. like a close a close family member, as we saw with the self sacrifice. Yeah, like brother, you know, like that. Yeah, that's like her brother. Yeah. And then, like, and because of that, she also felt like she owed him because in the MCU, he he was actually sent to kill her. And instead, he ended up recruiting her, bringing her over, and getting her out of the life of working for the KGB and for whoever else she was working for at the time. 
My question is, in this movie that's coming up, are we going to see that detailed out? Um, will it even be referenced in that movie? I, I think it will be, because it's supposed to take place later on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, after mm-hmm. the events of the Avengers or whatever, like the first one. Right. I think that's when it's supposed to take place, so I feel like you're going to get some references to it mm-hmm. because of the whole brainwashing thing that Hawkeye went through that she got him out of by hitting him in the head really hard. Hmm. Yeah. But we'll we'll have to see. Right. Because, right. again, we haven't seen it yet. We We also know that she's loyal to Nick Fury. Not necessarily S.H.I.E.L.D. as a whole, but Nick Fury. Because, again, that's a guy who was willing to take the chance on her, allows her to do what she needs to do. Yeah. And gives her the chance to fix the red in the ledger. And you can really see that um, how much um, that that she admired and kind of looked up to him when they thought he died and you yeah. saw her, her reaction to it while while they were in there with the body like you could tell you could tell like that was family for her you know yeah so one of the things we're going to explore a lot is her time in the red room because we yes. don't know the extent of it outside of the fact that she was trained and that the red room was how the Russians trained their super, their versions of super soldiers. Mm-hmm. Remember the various winter soldiers were also trained in the red room. Yep. So yep. Bucky wouldn't have been trained at the same time in the movies. Anyways, in the comics, they not only trained together, but they were both instructors in the red room as well. Mm-hmm. But they had known of each other before before S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything. Because we right. found that out in Winter Soldier that that was how she got some of her scars was battling him. Right. Uh, one of her big things was, especially with why she was so successful early in her career before S.H.I.E.L.D., was the fact that she didn't care who she took out or why. Mm-hmm. She just had her job and she did she it. She did it. Yep. Yep. And there's a reason why she is the gold standard for what a black widow should be. And then she became a superhero. <laughs> not not just a good guy, but like a legitimate superhero, even if she doesn't have superpowers. Yeah, because you're not going to tell me that somebody that's literally running alongside a guy with a almost near invincible suit of armor, a green, big green rage monster that is technically the strongest there is, and a, a god, of god thunder, <laughs> a super soldier, and she's doing the shit that they're doing. She's not and hiding keeping up with them. and keeping up with them. Come on, B. That's superhero shit. That's superhero shit all day, all day. Just like Hawkeye, and. I'm fighting robots with a bow and arrow. None of this (laughs) this makes sense. sense. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, speaking of that, when they do the we finally get the Hawkeye series, we're gonna do a show about him too. Because yeah. um he has I think a lot of people don't really know his lore. They know about his connection with Black Widow, but that's about it. Or the uh, fact that not so much in the MCU, but in right. the comics. In the comics. He actively needs hearing aids. Yes. He, he is mostly deaf. He speaks fluent American Sign mm-hmm. Language. Mm-hmm. He is full on. He qualifies for all the disability stuff. He yep. doesn't use it because he knows how to get by without it. And right. He'd feel kind of bad as a superhero using. Yeah, facts. Disability. Facts. Get, collecting disability payments. Like, he meanwhile, plays. he's out there, right? <laughs> out there saving the world. How how disabled are you, dude? Like, for real. But, and it, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, there, there have been runs like that Deadpool Hawkeye run mm-hmm. where Deadpool realizes that, oh, you're deaf. Yes. And starts speaking ASL, which is also, hey, look. Deadpool knows American Sign Language as well. <laughs> that, well. It was it was a it was a what the fuck moment. But to be honest with you, we shouldn't have really been surprised because that, as that, an that's assassin, the kind of, that's the kind of thing Deadpool would know. Yeah, come on, like in character, fully. It's like yeah, you you should kind of actually doesn't surprise me that he would know that. Yeah, it really doesn't. It, it doesn't. It's just at the time until they actually demonstrated it. It wasn't the first thing to come to mind about the things he could do. But yeah. once when you think about it, like, yeah, he totally would know how to do it. Of course he would. And it was one of the first runs. Like, it, it's been brought up in runs before about Hawkeye's yeah. disabilities. But that was probably the first run where they emphasized that he does all this despite that. Yeah, facts. 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 Um, so, yeah, we'll definitely be doing um episode highlighting him as well. Uh, the thing, one thing about the, the whole uh, Black Widow thing, though, so we don't know a lot about how Yana Belova is going to integrate with the MCU uh, proper. We don't know because um, this is her first appearance. But I'm wondering if at some point she, she will takes join over the, as the yeah, Black yeah, you know, and joins the Avengers because technically speaking. Um, is there still an Avengers team for her to join right now? I mean, like who's active? I, who's active at this point in in the timeline? I bet there would be. You would think, right? But Vision's gone. But um, I mean, also remember what uh, Yelena Belova when she takes on a more heroic role. Yeah. At least in the comics, because. Again, in the comics, Black Widow's not dead. Right, right. She ends up uh, donning... In in the movies, she also uses heavily a pure white suit as well. Yes, yes. Which has given her the nickname, and she's also gone by this as the White Widow as right. well. But I, I'm wondering, like, because right now, Thor is off-world. Captain Marvel's off world. Cap is in, it, it is not is no longer in the picture. It's old man. The new Cap, uh, we haven't Sam. seen. He literally just became Captain America. Captain America. Tony's um, dead. Tony's dead. 
Is there an Avengers team right now? I would still say yes. And mostly because if you look at like the end of Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. you see like them training what the new Avengers type thing. So you have right. Scarlet Witch, you have War Machine. Right. They're still alive. You have, yes, Vision is kind of in flux right now. <laughs> in, in flux. But like you have Scarlet Witch, you have War Machine, you have Black Widow. But are they active as a team now, though? That's what I'm saying. Like, right now, Widow is trying to find her kids in some alternate reality. She ain't at the Avengers Academy thing doing nothing. Like, where are these guys at? If there's something happens in the world right now that's going to require them to come together, it's not like they're already there waiting for the call to be had. Like, who? What's going on? Is this next uh, phase? going to be the reforming of the Avengers is I think my real question like I mean you could see it I, I could see it anyway it's like you're still you still have the basis of the team yeah just because they're not all there doesn't mean they're not you still have you still have an Ant-Man yeah and he he's proven himself quite a few times these guys yeah. trust him you still have Hulk you still have and at this point, you have to assume most of these guys have a way to contact each other. Yeah, by now. Yeah. So you'll have Hulk, Hulk, War Machine, Ant Man. You have to Sam. Sam. You have yeah. to assume that all those four for sure have ways to contact each other. And Bucky. And you through think, Sam, you think Bucky's gonna let them fight without him fighting? Through Sam, Bucky's basically there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have Cap and Bucky. That's really all there is. Like they're, they're a combo package. <laughs> they really are, though, for real. Like I mean, I don't know how they're going to run this, but I know we we get another season, or are we? We don't know. We know we're way- getting Cap four. Right, right, right. That's true. And what's Cap Four without Bucky being in there? Bucky's got to be in there somewhere. You can't He's been have in every movie Bucky. so far, right? Like how how could he not be in there? He was a central figure in two of them. Yeah, how could he not? So I don't know. I just feel like their reaction to the new widow is going to be kind of funny. It's going to be kind of yeah. funny. That's going to be because an interesting yeah, scene. Yelena was always more of a. I'm in there. I'm going to kill them. Yes. Then. Yes. Yes. She, she was always more for the kill than Black Widow was, and Black <laughs> Widow was pretty for the kill. Yeah, and so that's saying something. That's saying something. Um, and we do listen. If she's more uh, bloodthirsty, let's just use that word, than 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 Nat was, how are the other Avengers <laughs> respond to that? Because it's not that they have an aversion to it, especially in the MCU. They be killing villains, man. <laughs> they be killing oh, villains yeah. in the MCU. But just the fact that um, she is more, if she's more bloodthirsty than that, that might be. Listen, in Winter so in the um, Winter Soldier movie, look how many people Nat killed in the Winter Soldier when they when they went on that boat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then that we also. We also have the fact that Yelena has also been known to play the villain on more than one occasion yes. as well. 
Yes. So I'm wondering if we're going to get that uh, classic scene. Villain turn hero. Yeah, you know what I mean? Where they're literally going at her, and she's doing very well. (laughs) Doing very well. And then eventually um, they come to an understanding or whatever. And she joins the team. Yeah, and this and this this is the other thing. This phase isn't going to be as long as the previous phases. So, well, I mean, phase four ends with uh, Fantastic Four, so we're still looking at a few years out at least. Yeah, I just don't think we're going to get another eleven-year thing with one phase because well, that that was three phases. That's true. That's true. So, first phase was probably what. Avengers is the end of phase one. That was, so that was, what, three years, maybe? Something like that? Uh, Four. Four years? Four years. And now we have... 2008 to 2012. And now they have another narrative device. They have the Disney Plus series to tell um, certain stories. So I would imagine that would theoretically speed up um, the narrative. Because you have all these different ways. It's not just you getting the story from just the movies every whatever. You also have the series where you're the, the different series that are giving us parts of the but, story as well. But we're also getting a whole bunch more characters instead of having that's true too. Three to five you're focusing on. That's true too. Now we're getting, you know, eight, nine, ten. So it may not shorten the phases, it just it's how they're going to be able to tell the stories of all these people. Right. Now, the question is, if the other question is too, so they're having all these different characters, that's more characters in a movie. Um, now, they've done a pretty good job before with spacing it out so that each character actually has their time. But you know, a lot of, lot of, lot of movies, uh, directors and stuff aren't really that great at that. Having so many characters in a movie where it seems like some people don't get the energy or the time or the development of the others. Now that they're going to have even more people than that, do you think that from what we've seen out of Endgame and Infinity War, that they have now realized that they can do a movie fairly well with a lot of characters and give everybody time? I'm... that That's a tough one, honestly, because... I, I think they might, because of how many new people they've introduced, plus mm-hmm. they still have the majority of the old roster. Right. We're really missing three. We're missing Cap, Tony, and Widow. And that, yeah, yeah. So if we're adding a new Widow, we are, and we haven't replaced Tony per se, but we're no. getting, we're introducing Riri Williams. Right. We're introducing... She-Hulk, we're introducing Blade, we're introducing the Fantastic Four, we're introducing you know, we have new vision to replace. We got Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. We're introducing Shang-Chi. We're Mm -hmm. introducing you know, who knows if Mobius becomes a regular character or even And Spider-Man is technically an Avenger. Yeah, like so we have all these other characters coming in here. We don't know how many of them are going to do it. So we might see things like not necessarily on an Infinity War endgame scale, mm-hmm. but almost as two separate things. I could see them doing like 
maybe two main teams for a movie and then mm. going from there. So it's like, cool, this team will have this movie, this team will have this movie, and right. they'll be taking place at the same time type thing. Yeah, and that's I, very I, similar. I see that is how they're going to handle this because they've introduced so many that unless you go the four-hour movie route, which right. we've talked is generally not a successful. It's movie. not advisable. <laughs> it, it, it's rare when it works out. Right, right. It's not advisable. Like, other, you're gonna have to go the Infinity War Endgame route, where you make it two movies to get the story. Yeah, yeah, and they were successful with that, so I could see them doing that again. Um, but it, I think one of the lot the reasons why they were so successful with it is because they built up so much cred. They built up, but it's not just that. Yeah. Look at Titanic was a four hour movie, but you realize they they also kind of split, oh, they God. also kind of split that up for they home did. viewing. They did. For home viewing and everything, they split that up into two movies as well. Right. They've done that with The Hobbit. They made it three movies. True. Realistically, you probably could have done it in two movies. But they they did it. They split that up for a few movies. Because if if you're trying to tell it mostly faithfully, Mm -hmm. you are not going to have a good time with a four-hour movie. Well, your your favorite recent movie, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League Snyder Cut, that was four movie, four hours. You you thought that was pretty yeah, good. yeah. I definitely didn't have any complaints about how that played out. I I totally thought that was a fantastic movie that definitely had no faults or anything. Ah, I'm just saying, you know. There's precedent. <laughs> but yeah, like that that's that's my point is more often than not, it's going to be unsuccessful except among the most diehard fans. Right. Now now for us, we are diehard fans of the Marvel franchise. Right. So we would still watch it and we'd still be like, Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, because what most people Endgame was three hours, wasn't it? Yeah. And even that was a fairly long movie. Yes. Yes. Which, again, goes for my point here that to do it successfully, you have to have way too many things go perfectly. Right. right. Whereas if you split it into two separate movies and do it that way, you don't have to have the timing and pacing and everything go perfectly. Right. To right. still be good and enjoyable because you're not sitting down for four hours or five hours thinking, oh my God, is this over yet? Yeah. Yeah. So now with the death of uh, Black Widow and her no longer being there and potentially being replaced by um, Belova, I think the, 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 the first scene that I really want to see is uh, the interaction between her and Bruce Banner, Belova and Bruce Banner. Um, because while that's not Nat, that is somebody connected to Nat, and now she's going to possibly even have Nat's code name, you know, Black Widow. How, how is he going to feel? How is he going to feel? And re- yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in that. Um, and also that wouldn't that largely depend on too which version of the Hulk we get once they reform the Avengers. 
Because right now he's Professor Hulk, but who's to say he continues to be Professor Hulk? Just that saying. It's true. Just saying. He has uh, psychological issues <laughs> that at any moment could rear ugly head and he becomes Joe Fixit or, or, or Worldbreaker or back to Savage Hulk. We don't know. Now, I, I, don't, I doubt that he'll go back to Savage Hulk full time. But I think we'll see. We might see glimpses of it. Yeah, things could happen. You know, he's Look not always it, going to have the full control. And 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 with that, considering the type of villains that they're going to be facing going forward, it's it's possible we might see the Savage one come out every so now, every so now and again. You're you're almost going to need him to come out. Um, yeah, because current Hulk is not going to help them much against Galactus. Yeah. You well, that's very savage. You, you need the genius, though, and they don't have Tony. True. To pick they don't have Tony to pick up the slack. They have Shuri, though. Shuri better get in there and do something. <laughs> she better get in there and do something. She better do something, because I'm telling you, like, the raw power, he... What I was impressed about was in Endgame. I saw him literally throw a, a dude out of the state. <laughs> when they, when they, he grabbed the guy and hurled him with the bad arm, by the way. That was the bad arm. Yeah. So, I, so like, he's still a powerhouse, Um, but I just feel like they 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 would be better served for his raw power, especially if Thor's going to stay off-world for a while. They need some, some heavy hitter, heavy hitters. And um. But like I said, back to the Widow thing, I, I'm interested in seeing that interaction. I think more interested than almost any other interaction they're go- that she's going to have because yeah, they did that relationship thing. You know? Yeah. Got to wonder how, like, the fact that they were romantically involved. Exactly. You have to wonder how that'll also play out if he sees someone else like her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All kinds of things reminding him of Nat from the way she fights, the costume, code name, the fact that she she had a relationship with Nat. She looked yeah. at Nat like a big sister. There's a lot there to play off of. For sure. And one thing I, I one thing I do know that I'm fairly certain we're not gonna see is we're not gonna see Belova doing the sun's getting real. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. We're not gonna see that. We're not gonna see it. I, I personally I am super hyped about this uh Black Widow movie about to come up. I, I can't wait. I want to see where they go with it. I know that it's a little out of the phase because it was supposed to be out before uh, uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I'm just interested in seeing what we would have what we were supposed to get as far as the um the narrative because wasn't um uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus wasn't she supposed to be revealed in, as in Black Widow? In yes. Black Widow, so I'm interested in seeing what other things was in there. Like I want to know one, um, Thunderbolt Ross. He's in that movie. What what, what role does he play in that? You yeah. know, that because going forward, um, the Thunderbolts and, and we just literally saw in the trailer for Shang Shang Chi. Abomination. abomination so now i'm I'm. a lot of things are gonna we're gonna get a lot of answers i believe um in this widow movie 
I think we're gonna get a lot of a lot of answers to how what they're gonna do going forward with some of these characters that we hadn't seen in a while. You know, I I really do. I think this is gonna be an important movie, which is why I was pissed with Feige for um waiting this long to do what he did. But um the other thing now currently in comic books about Black Widow, what is her status currently in the comics? Still alive and very pissed off. <laughs> and what is she pissed off about? Uh, they had a group of her villains and a couple people that she wasn't necessarily a villain, but not necessarily friends, like Red Guardian. Right. Who basically joined that group to basically stop them from doing anything worse. Managed to affect her memory a bit so she had all her skills and everything right but she was married and had a child no and they it's biologically her actual child with this guy she was married to even though they had only known each other for like they they thought they had known each other for years. Right. The kid was biologically like two or three years old. Wow. Because they had enhanced the speed up and everything of this. Wow. Because if she's doing this and doesn't realize she's the Black Widow, she's act she's an engineer or whatever else, and a mom and everything, she's wow. not going to interfere with this stuff. And then as things start breaking down, Hawkeye and Yelena are both like, we got to figure out what's going on. And she starts getting her memories back. They start attacking them. They almost kill her son and husband. Oh my. They get away. But basically, despite the fact that they're still in love, like all the feelings and everything they had, they had developed over that. Right. Were very real. Right. Of course. So now her husband and child are living somewhere that not even she knows in order to keep them safe. And she is very pissed off. I think it's safe to say that people are going to die for this. (laughs) So now it's like her and Yelena hunting down a few groups and everything else. So, so wait a minute. So for the, uh, for the audience that might want to read this, what are these book? What what are these stories? Which, which titles are these stories that she have her own title now? I believe it. Yeah, I believe it's just the Black Widow run. Okay. Uh, I'll pick it up here. Yeah, so I want to say it started volume seven, I want to say. Hmm. Wait, no, volume seven is not it. So, yeah, Volume 8, which started in 2020. Okay, so this story's been going on for some months now. It's the current run. It's only seven seven issues so far. Got you. So this current run is where the story is where they fucked with her memory, and now she has a kid, and that's interesting to know because the movie version cannot have kids. So that's interesting Wow. Well, here's the thing: is bio- biologically, it's her kid. She didn't give. She thinks she gave birth, but they the way they did everything. True. She didn't actually give 
earth. True, true, true. Wow. But yeah. Wow. And like one of the villains, not only was there like Red Guardian, but there's a couple other previous run of Black Widow villains involved. Arcade was involved. Of course he was. He's a bastard. Of course he was. I hate that motherfucker. I hate that motherfucker. But yeah. Wow. Personality wise and origin wise and everything else, the movies and the comics are fairly similar. Absolutely. But let's talk about the powers a bit because we did talk briefly. Right. In the comics, she does have powers. Yes. Yes. She has artificially enhanced physiology. She was given a version of the super soldier serum. Mm-hmm. So she has enhanced immune systems, uh, longevity. Because in the in the movies, she was supposedly born in 1984. Right, right. In the comics, she was. Uh, she is really old. Yeah. She, she was around during the uh, Russian Revolution. Yeah. I read that recently. I read that recently. She, I did not know she, that. She's like 107 or 108 or something like that. That is and insane. Looks damn good for her age. <laughs> Especially since, unlike Cap, she wasn't frozen. Facts. That's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. But yes, yeah, so she has peak human strength. Mm-hmm. She can consistently bench press 500 pounds. Now, for, for people that need a reference for that, so my fa- one of my favorite uh, wrestling tag teams was the Road Warriors. Um, both of them maxed at five-something. These are yeah. big, bulky... Yeah. And so that's great. That's insane. That she can, yeah. That's insane. She, she's consistently doing it. That that's her working weight. So she could probably push higher. If she yes, didn't. yes. And let's be honest, five hundred pounds is fully doable. Yo, yeah, for, for a normal human. Yo, yeah, so absolutely, absolutely. It, it would take some a lot of training to get to that point, but it's fully doable. Like I said, there are several uh, 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 wrestlers I can name that. Who are up there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's doable. At her athletic speed, she is a has similar speed to Olympic level athletes who right. are runners. So she can consistently hit speeds of 32 to 36 miles per hour. Which is insane. <laughs> that's pretty insane for a human. Right. And it's a matter of how long she can right. Because lactic acids and all of that. Right. Which is kind of nuts because if you look at Usain Bolt, his his record was 44 kilometers an hour. Right. She's close to where he's at. She's a few miles shy of Usain Bolt. That's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, no, that, that was in kilometers. So if I say 44 kilometers... She's technically faster than Usain Bolt. Jeez, Forty-four kilometers an hour would be about twenty-seven yeah. miles an hour. So she, she, oh, she's, she's hitting that thirty-two miles an hour. So that's slightly slightly faster than Usain Bolt, but not so ridiculously so. Like 
I'm pretty sure Usain could hit that if you really trained for it. Yeah, or someone will eventually. Someone yeah. will. Yeah. But she does have enhanced durability, which allows her to withstand blows and explosions from things that would normally kill a human. Right. And she's not only able to get back up, she's able to keep fighting through it. Right. She has, you know, top tier Olympic level athletic reflexes mm-hmm. and stamina. She actually has uh, a minor healing factor because of the super soldier serum. Right. She heals at about five times the pace of a normal human. Hmm. Uh, enhanced immune system, which makes her not immune to poisons and everything like a lot of them. Right. But super resistant to them. Yeah, so she might feel sick, but it won't it won't have the same effect on her that it would have on me or you. Well, it's more like the amount you'd have to use yeah. as well. Yeah. You're using large amounts, you're using almost designer drugs type things specifically with designed in mind to take out people like her or like right. Cap or like Wolverine where Wolverine's technically immune to disease and poison as well. Yes, he is. And yet he, is. he can still get drugged because it'll take you hit him with something like that, it might take five or ten minutes for his body to sort of pick it up and right. deal with it. And dosage makes the poison anyway. So Yeah. Yeah, it's dosage. She obviously has Okay, so it wasn't Russian Revolution, it was nineteen twenty eight. Jeez, man. So she's still almost a hundred years old. She's well she <laughs> She's like ninety seven. She's younger. 95. She's younger than my grandfather. My grandfather was born in 1913, so she's at least younger than he would be by now if he was still here. Jeez, yeah. man, that's still. She looks like she's like in the 30s, early 30s too. Yeah. Jeez. But yeah, much like her movie version, master yeah. acrobat, weapons expert, master assassin, disguise expert, master martial artist. Uh, multilingual, which mm-hmm. was also shown in the movies. Yes, yes. Uh, expert vehicle driver, which it is a legit thing given how many experimental vehicles they have her fly and everything else. And also, um, even when uh, you're talking about uh, cars, auto, just automobiles, there's a certain type of like when you're a spy, you have to you have to get away from shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like like yeah. the average person I don't believe will be as skilled as someone that's an expert vehicular driver because I think what they specifically mean there is she is skilled in ways of driving that are defensive like if she's under attack using the car as a weapon I think it's a lot of stuff that go with that there's a lot of stuff to go with that yeah but and again just like her movie version, she is a rather profound dancer, extremely <laughs> talented hacker, master spy. Is that why she does those weird little moves after she does? Yeah. <laughs> and uh. in, in the comics, it's noted, despite being able to consistently bench 500 pounds, mm-hmm. she, she herself has stated that someone like the Punisher is actually physically stronger than she is. Wow. 
which says something about the amount of training Punisher does because he doesn't have no. any form of super no, soldier he doesn't. to help enhance he doesn't. him. I think I think his his strength was also enhanced by rage. <laughs> I'm just saying, and the fact that like Black Widow's not known for using like any kind of painkillers and stuff, but she sure. does on occasion. Punisher absolutely refuses to. <laughs> a- any kind of painkiller slows his reflexes, so right. he works through all that stuff. So that pain is probably a. There's probably permanent pain every yeah, time. Yeah, that's a anything, fact. And that's probably just pushing him a little. That's more. fact. That's factual. That's factual. And again, just like the movie version, she is not able to get pregnant. So that wow. child is pretty much basically artificially inseminated yeah, from her, her 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 genes, DNA, and all that other stuff. Yeah. So so that it still reads as biologically hers. Yep. Even yep. though she can't get pregnant, but it's still hers. It came from her. Like, yes, it didn't come the the traditional way, but that's her kid. It's her kid. Wow, she's pissed. And, and in the comics, she has had romantic relationships with multiple significant heroes. Hawkeye. Hmm. Mm-hmm. In the past, she's dated Hawkeye. She has dated Daredevil. Mm. She has dated Bucky. Mm. And she has dated Red Guardian. What? Yep. Red okay. Guardian was her husband when she was still working in Russia. Okay, but I'm going, I'm see, I'm thinking of the comic book version. Yeah. This is the comic I mean, book. I, I'm not, I mean, the movie version where he's like a father. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen in the movie, but in the in the comics, they were married before she ended up becoming well before she became an Avenger. Dude, and see this is the thing. I was not all um up on a lot of that past lore of hers to that extent. So my initial um uh uh introduction to any backstory about her and Red Guardian was in fact the movie synopsis. So yeah. that sounds really weird to me. Now. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. That sounds really weird. That, oh god, that uh yeah. Wow. Wow. Because yeah. they were little girls when when it was in that family unit thing, yeah. according to Snuff. Yeah. Well it's it's yeah, in the movies it's different, but in the comics, right? Uh Red Guardian was her first husband. Jeez. Sheesh. She has also been ranked as uh, number 42 in the top 50 Avengers. Number 42. Of all all time. Okay. And she has been ranked 74th out of the top 100 comic book heroes across all brands. Hmm. Hmm. And again, this is like from a 2019 poll. Right. On both of these, I believe. Hmm. And and this so this is just like IGN polls. But in those polls, she was 74th out of the top 100 comic book heroes of all time. 
and 42nd in the top 50 Avengers. Right. Hmm. So, yeah, she has that going for her, too, as far as uh, pop culture popularities. And similarly to... um, To be a top 100 hero of all time. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Um, she also the way same way in the in, in the movie she made her appearance in the Iron Man book. I mean, see the Iron Man movie. She made her first appearance in Tales of Suspense, uh, Volume One, Issue Fifty Two, with Iron Man. With the, <laughs> so, in an Iron Man story, yeah. The yeah. Crimson Dynamo strikes again. <laughs> so of course it features Anton Vanko. Yes, yes, yes. Crimson Domino. So then I think she made another appearance where she had a strikes again uh issue with Iron Man as well. But that's that's I like the way they did that because I did not know originally that she made her first appearance in the Iron Man comic book. So I just figured they just did that in the movies because it made sense to do, but now I know Which it, it did. It, it did. did. It made sense. It did, but it's but also yeah, it's pretty common. It's comic one book. of those knots. It's they did the same thing with Ant-Man, remember, when it was like, what is it, Journey into Mystery or whatever? Yes, they, yep, they made they a sure joke did. about it. They sure did. They sure did. So overall, her being a top 100 superheroes of all time, her becoming very pop culture relevant as a result of uh, the MCU, and her still having, still being relevant in the comic books. Um, overall, you gotta say the Black Widow's a badass. Like you, you have like in every way possible, not just the power set, but just as a character itself to remain that re- relevant like that, and still for them to be able to find new things for her to do. Because that that storyline you um described is amazing, and I already didn't put it down on my um Google Doc for something I gotta look up and read. I gotta read. I gotta read that now. Um, with the because I know she's gonna kill a lot of people. <laughs> oh yeah, that shit. she's gonna kill a lot of people for that shit. So um, it's awesome. Um, she's an awesome character. We're looking forward to the movie when it comes out. Was that July 9th? July is 9th? that the date? July 9th? I believe that's the uh, the release. Yes, July 9th. We're looking forward to that. Um, we hope that a lot of the things that uh, we talked about in this episode. Um, gives you a better take on her because you know we um we recognize that Marvel sort of kind of dropped the ball by not having her have a, a movie all to herself previously. Um, but then too, did they really know how popular she was going to wind up being at the time? Like, yeah, nobody. And really again, knew ultimately, they're motivated by money, and That's right. no one was sure. Yes, there had been female-led movies before right. that had done very well. But no one knew if fem- female-led action movies traditionally right. did not do well. That's a fact. It's a fact. And a fact. that kind of probably put them off because even if they go with a Captain America Winter Soldier vibe where it's more of a spy thriller, mm-hmm. they're still it's still a subgenre of action movies. Yes, absolutely. So they're ultimately trying to make money, and that means... If they're not sure it's going to, they might not do it. They're very risk averse when it comes to stuff like that. Very risk averse. Um, now, but, now that it's a fully established thing, oh they yeah, know, they have movies that make billions. 
multiple movies that make make billions, billions. Yeah. at this point it's like here you want to make a movie about shang chi go for it right right and you wouldn't have saw that previously but the the, the uh previous success of their formula and what they're doing yeah yeah that's so that's now definitely... expect to see a lot more of the lesser known characters especially as the original characters start yeah. finishing their arcs up Facts. Again, Facts. I can see Thor still being around for quite a while because it's he's an immortal god type thing, right? Well, and not he, immortal, he's, but and he's and he's um he's a fairly young actor right now, yes. so he can he can still be in there for some some more years and 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 definitely uh, it'll I mean, work a out. Of, a lot of them were young. I mean, Chris Evans is yeah, Chris Evans is a young dude. Chris could have been Cap for another well, ten years. Chris Chris Evans is 40. Chris Hemsworth is 37. Yeah. Come on. Like, like as far as acting goes, that's still on the young side. As long as they take care of themselves. As long as they take care of themselves and stay in shape. But it's also like you look at Chris Evans, he he said that he kind of felt his arc as Captain America finished. And that's the reason he left. Not because he couldn't do the role anymore. He clearly could still win Cap. And, And he said he's willing to come back if they have something that makes sense for him to do. And I don't blame he, him for that. He has said that. He's in an interview after Endgame came out. Yeah. Like, oh, are you done with this? It's like I'm it's like my arc is finished. My story's been told. But if right. they have some if they want to bring me back and it makes sense, it makes sense. Then I'm going I'm willing to. Of course. He probably had a ball on that set. Me- and made a lot of money. Meanwhile, we have Chris Hemsworth, who's just like, yeah, man, let's just keep doing them. <laughs> Look, and again, it, it kind of makes sense because for an Asgardian, he's still, as far as Asgardians go, he's like 19, 20 right. years old. <laughs> facts. Facts. He's still a kid. He's still a goddamn kid to them. So, again. He's a kid pretending he's an adult. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, 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 and all of that. So, like I said, I hope this helps. I hope, um. You guys actually go out and and check out some Black Widow material because he's yeah, an interesting the, the character. The comics are good runs, really uh, good I, runs. I went on a binge of them a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. We talked about it briefly, and it's like, yep. yeah, those are good runs. I've in, there's a couple of them I still need to read, but I've mm-hmm. finished most of her solo stuff, and I've enjoyed them. That's dope. That's dope. Um, so is there anything you try to promote this week? Uh, not right now. Just our uh, usual YouTube and other multi-world entertainment. Absolutely, stuff. and and those things would be the Black Culture Geeks. Uh, they air live. Um, I'm saying they like I'm not part of it. Um, <laughs> they air live every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the YouTube channel of the same name, Black Culture Geeks with a Z. Go check out um Addy's Game Room from our boy Adequate. You can find his channel also on YouTube as well as he uh, live streams also on Facebook. And of course, Jaded Nerd with the Celebrity Gossip Beat. You find his uh, content on the channel of the same name. And of course, the Rise Podcast uh, It's also affiliated with us um, every Sunday at 12 noon Eastern Time on YouTube and on Facebook. So um, yeah, that's pretty much that that for us today we got some other content that is that'll be coming up soon as well i'm just not at liberty to speak about all of it i just got to throw like teasers out right now but um yeah yeah um but um when we do we will let you know and uh for my man super side guy i am tombstone the dead man we are metas and mutants and we are
out of here. Peace. Peace.